Hello, and welcome to the Payoff Podcast with IDS Beat Writers Amanda Foster, Matt Seabree, and myself. Today, we're going to touch on Indiana's game against Nebraska while previewing the upcoming games against Northwestern and back-to-back games against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Amanda, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, it is a Monday. We say this every week. It's a Monday, so things could be better, but also things could be worse. Um, yeah. Super Bowl was last night. Bengals, or yeah. Bengals lost, but... Uh... You know, Rams won, a Matt won. Always good to see a Matt win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a strange Super Bowl. I don't know. It's fun to see teams that don't ordinarily make the Super Bowl not only make it, but also, like, win it. And I, I, we have, like, Patriots malaise. Sorry, Amanda. Um, it's okay. It's so okay. It's, it's fun to see a not – it's fun to see not Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I don't dislike Tom Brady, yeah. but it's fun to see some, like, variety finally getting up there in the postseason. That's a very good point. It was also interesting how – there were, like, no flags called until the very end of the game, yep. which, you know, in connection to basketball, since this is a basketball podcast, is very unlike refereeing in college basketball. Yeah, yeah, the very inconsistent refereeing. Yeah, um, yeah. We've seen that in some games. Uh, just, we'll just probably see that in some more games in the future. You know, That's you, just yeah. the nature of it. Yeah. You see, both Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford are SEC quarterbacks, so they had to bust in Big Ten refs. Oh, <laughs> Naturally. Of course. All right, enough about Big Ten refs. There is a new AP poll, and Amanda is here to tell you about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was not expecting that introduction. Okay, so Indiana moved up from number seven to number five. They were at number five a couple weeks ago um, after beating Michigan State and Illinois in pretty decisive games. Nothing was super close. I don't think a lot of people were too surprised by that, and people are definitely not surprised that Indiana moved up in the poll, especially because Michigan has lost its last few games, is now has three in-conference losses, um, along with three other Big Ten schools that are all tied with three conference losses. Um, Michigan moved down uh, from number four to number nine. Um, so they they got bumped down a bit. Connecticut, uh, UConn, who also lost earlier this week, moved from eight to ten. Maryland moved up to thirteen from their previous spot of fifteen, and then Iowa is now at twenty two compared to twenty five. So that's your that's a quick little rundown. Um, but and Indiana is now even more solidly at the top of the Big Ten because they still only have one in conference loss, and Michigan, who was at the top of the Big Ten, now has three. So. Yeah, quite uh, quite some surprises there this week. I mean, the Michigan suffering the one loss, you know, in-state rival to Michigan State, that's one thing. But the I think the loss to Northwestern surprised some people. Yeah, I mean, that that's really what I think sent them on a tumble. Like, uh, I mean, Michigan State, eh, that's not a bad team. You can have that. And neither is Northwestern, for that matter. But I feel like that Northwestern loss, just two losses in a row, it's like, eh, not great, especially for a team... Like Michigan, I think that's what really sent them tumbling down the pole. I think the weirdest thing is just Iowa has arguably the best player in the country, and they're still just so, so, so considerably low. I've, I've wondered about that. That is that is interesting, but I think it also shows that, like, sure, you have a, an amazing player who does everything all the time, but if you don't have an entire team that can back you up, not that Iowa is bad because we've all seen Iowa play, and Iowa is very good at basketball, but not – in the way that Indiana has a full rounded out team, you know, where like things things can happen um, depending on who you have in your lineup and on your roster. All right, and something else we need to touch on. 
Return of the Mac, question mark. Mackenzie Holmes dressed in Indiana's win over Michigan State. Played zero minutes, sat on the end of the bench, but still provided some hype. How do we feel about Mackenzie Holmes? Yeah, um, she, she, this was the first time since uh, she's been out that we've seen her dress for a game. She went through stretches and warm-ups with the team beforehand, didn't end up going in. Um, you know, uh, my guess is she'll return for a home game. That's just how most players come back from injury. IU obviously on the road today against Nebraska, but has a home game this Thursday against Northwestern. And then the home game against Iowa, obviously, on Saturday. I mean, she's obviously a huge part of this team. She totally changes what they're able to do, particularly how dynamic they're about to, they are able to be on the offensive end with her. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's looking like she will return this week. Uh, and that will probably give IU quite a boost there uh, heading into this final stretch of the season. Yeah, there, there are a lot of rumors around Mackenzie Holmes, as there always are. Um, when she was dressed over this past weekend, she did have a whole bunch of tape all around her knee. I was kind of surprised she didn't have a brace, but it was just very bulked up with tape. Um, so I wasn't too surprised that she didn't play against Michigan State, and I'm not too surprised that it's looking like she won't play against Nebraska because she didn't play against Nebraska last time, and that was when Alexa Goulet had a fantastic game and set multiple season highs. Um, and Nebraska is not as big of a contender as Iowa is in the grand scheme of things. And Matt, like you said, having her return for a home game is so meaningful in so many ways for the team and the fans and Mackenzie herself. Um, and Northwestern may still not be as big of a contender, but that is also a good way for her to come back into the, into the season and into playing how she, how she hopefully will be able to play. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but... So between Holmes's lengthy absence and a bit of f a few things here with COVID, uh, Indiana's bench has gotten some forced minutes. Players have been thrust into starting positions. Chloe Murphy-McNeil, Canda Brown. Let's touch on that just a little bit. Like for instance, Chloe Murphy-McNeil, her three-point average is kind of bogged down by missed threes and blowouts, and a kind of bad outing against Purdue, where mind you, she still scored ten points. And Morin even said, despite that outing, that she still wants her to keep taking those shots and. When she has hit those threes, they have been in absolutely crucial moments. Like, yeah, she's missed threes, but those made threes are when they are absolutely needed. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with the bench recently and how, how much Terry Morin is using the bench, first of all, because she's bringing in players in the first quarter off the bench, and that was not happening, especially before holiday break. And so I think that shows, as a whole, as a team, that they're kind of able to expand more they have a little bit more depth we were talking in the beginning of the season about how they really just have like five players and everyone else sits on the bench now that's not the case especially with Chloe Moore McNeil who it's it's interesting when she comes on because she rarely shows any emotion and she's always very calm and very stoic like she could make a great three-point shot and her face wouldn't change but she still brings energy and life into the team even though when you look at her you wouldn't think that that's exactly what she does um, but her teammates talk about it, Terry Morin talks about it, about just the impact that she has off the bench and how she's able to stay so calm on offense and defense that I've been impressed with. And so I would say I would agree with Terry Morin for whatever that's worth about wanting wanting her to keep taking shots because she used to not take shots. Yeah, um, I mean, these last three games, she has scored uh, 11 points, 9 points, and 10 points. Um, for a player who, going into that three-game stretch, was only averaging 
less than four points a game. That's, I mean, these are all on. I mean, she's played at least 20 minutes in each of those three games. She has shown, and she just looks like a different player on the court. Uh, like, she clearly looks much more comfortable out there, both on the offensive and defensive end. I mean, she's got a lot of length, and she is very fast and very quick and can keep up with really anyone you put on her. Um, yeah, she's she's uh, really emerged as a big help for the team off the bench. Um, and then also, yeah, Keandra Brown, uh, she's stepped up, filled. I mean, you know, no one can replace Mackenzie Holmes, but she's stepped up and she's played her role and, uh, you know, done well going against usually having to guard the other team's best big uh, interior player. Yeah, I think I think she's faltered a bit the past few games. She hasn't played a ton. We've noticed that she's been sitting on the bench a bit more, and that obviously depends on who the other team has on the floor and, you know, a lot of extenuating circumstances and factors and strategies and whatnot. Um, but like you said, she does the job she's supposed to do. She doesn't score a ton of points, but that's not why she's playing. She's playing to be to be in the defense and to draw those fouls and, you know, fluster the other team in that way. Um, and so I think, I think, like you said, she's done a good job of doing what, what everybody needs her to do without Mackenzie Holmes there. So one thing with, like, those bench players getting four starting experience, I mean, that really helps them develop come tournament time. So if Indiana goes into the tournament just healthy as it can be, they have a bench that's a lot better than it was a few months ago. All right, so let's get into Nebraska a little bit. They lost to Indiana Assembly in Indiana's first game without Holmes. It was a close game, relatively 62, my bad, 72 to 65. Amanda, what do you have to say about that? Uh, well, like I mentioned earlier, that was the first game, well, you said without Mackenzie Holmes, and then I said where Alexa Goulbay really stepped up, and I believe that was the game that she ended up fouling out of in the fourth quarter. But before then, she, she put up multiple season highs, and really kind of helped carry the team, especially on the offensive end. Um, and so I think this could be another really good game for her because she's also been on a bit of a roll and scored in double digits in four consecutive games now. Um, Nebraska as a whole, they beat Michigan, which is is quite impressive, um, I will say, because it, Michigan is a top team in the country. Um, maybe, who knows, because Michigan's been on a little bit of downward streak recently, but that's still nothing to, to forget about. Um, I think, I, I don't think that it's going to be a huge challenge for Indiana, the way that they've been playing and the way that we've seen them kind of get their rhythm back since they've come back from their COVID pause. Um, but I think it will be a good game, but I don't think it's going to be as close as the last one because, first of all, they've had time to adjust without McKinley Holmes. You know, they found out that she wasn't playing, or at least Frost found out she wasn't playing that same day. And so that's a lot to try to figure out. Um, but I think it'll be a, overall a solid game. Um, they are only Nebraska's 13-1 and one at home. They only lost to Iowa 86-95, um, to 95, which is a re very respectable score against Iowa and a very high score against Iowa. Yeah. Um, so that could be interesting in, in everything. Um, but I, I think it'll be a competitive game, but I don't think it's going to be like on the edge of your seat what's going to happen, who knows, type of game. Yeah, uh, I mean, that last game, it ended up as a seven-point game, but Indiana really led by more than that throughout most of the game. They let Nebraska get into it, back into it late, and I don't think Indiana hit a shot in the last, like, three and a half minutes. Uh, they only had free throws across that stretch. 
Indiana, I mean, part of that kind of drop-off at the end of the game there, Indiana in that game only played six players. Indiana has, as we just mentioned, shown uh, more of a willing to, willingness in these last few games to go to their bench. I think getting that extra rest during the game will help them close it out better. I Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Indiana probably wins this one fairly handily, but it's not It's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be like the Illinois game uh, of last week. I'll also say that Nebraska is currently in the middle of three games in five days um, where they lost to number one, or number, number one, 21, Ohio State. They beat Illinois, and now they're playing uh, Indiana, and so while they are at home, they don't have to travel for this game. That could be something to consider because that's a lot of basketball and not a very long amount of time. Um, depending on how their bench is feeling, how their starters are feeling, that could be a factor to consider. Yeah, yeah, that rest. Always yeah. important. Always <laughs> yeah, important. Yep, yep. All right, how do we think this game is going to go down? Is Indiana going to win? Are they potentially going to fall to a team that is not that bad? Um, and what would that, what would either mean, depending on what you believe? Um, I think Indiana will win. Um, and... They're, we've heard that they're going to be wearing alternate uniforms and there's superstition that whenever Indiana wears alternate uniforms, they lose because that happened with football and men's basketball. I don't think that's going to be the case tonight um, because Indiana women's basketball is good at what they do. Um, and so I think they're going to win and I think that that will give them more momentum in terms of going into Thursday playing Northwestern. You know, you say that every time a team wins, they get more momentum, but it's true. Um, uh, you know, it would keep them in the top spot in the Big Ten, give them even more security, um, give them more playing experience. It's pretty basic of, of what would happen. I don't think there's going to be a big, like, you know, it's Nebraska. It's not like it's, like, Purdue or Iowa or some big team where you're like, oh, my God, I beat them. Like, look at look at us go. Um, it's kind of just another game, another stepping stone, another, another option, another way for them to improve their play for further games down the line. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't think we'll learn a ton about this game because I don't think it'll... Yeah, I think it'll probably follow similar script to this last Indiana-Nebraska game. Uh, I, yeah, my only difference, as I mentioned, I think Indiana will be able to close this one out a little better. Um, yeah, it, as you said, just it's kind of... Indiana's got to take care of business yeah. if uh, they want to be considered a contender, and they have so far yeah. this season. Yep, bottom line. All right, now it is time to talk about Northwestern, which is also a team that beat Michigan. <laughs> Four, 14 yeah. and nine overall, six and six in conference, and that Michigan win did not come easily. Seventy-one to sixty-nine win in double OT. Amanda, what do you think about the Wildcats? I am impressed that they took Michigan to double OT. I'm impressed whenever any team goes to double OT, no matter who they are, but especially against a team like Michigan. Um, is is very impressive. They're averaging 78.5 points per game after that game against um, Michigan and where they did score a decent amount of points. Um, they're allowing 62 points per game, but I'm not overly concerned about that because we've seen how Indiana's offense works and how they have a variety of different ways to score with Cardano Hillary being as small as she is can just kind of sneak in there. You get three-point shots from Goulbay and Papperg and Moore McNeil and Kedron and Hillary. And then if Mackenzie Holmes comes back like people expect she will, then that's another aspect in scoring. And so I don't I don't think that that's going to be a big concern. Um, but And Matt, I'll let you talk about this one, but the uh, Northwestern's offense could, could be interesting depending on 
who's who sparks that night and who's able to get things going. Yeah, Northwestern. I mean, this is they're a team that can score. Uh, they've shown the potential. They've got uh, Veronica Burton. She's the number eight leading scorer in the conference, averaging just under eighteen points per game. Um, three quarters of her games, she's gotten over twenty points. Um, Michigan, the last game, uh, though they won, she only scored thirteen. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a team that. Uh, you know, they can find other people to help them score. Uh, Jillian Brown, they got 18 from 16 points from Courtney Shaw in that win over Michigan. Um, Indiana's defense, not, I mean, Indiana's defense is possibly the best in the conference, at least by the pure points per game stats they are. Um, whereas this is a Northwestern team that's averaging, scoring a fair few points, but not a ton. Um, yeah. Yeah, Indiana, uh, you know, Northwestern kind of similar to Nebraska, a bit of a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team who it's still any given night anyone can win, especially in the Big Ten. We all know that. Um, uh, you know, they beat Michigan last week, but Indiana's still the better team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the thing with you mentioned their, their scoring, and it's interesting against Michigan who – who came out and really kind of took, not took on the load because Burton did score 13 points, but the that they can rely on other people, that the stats sheet doesn't show that because only one person is averaging double digit points, but that doesn't mean that more people aren't gonna hit double digits in one night, um, which could be could be an interesting factor because I think and both Northwestern and Nebraska will come in wanting to beat Indiana. And that like they're gonna have I think it's interesting both ways where Indiana is just like, it's another stepping stone. And then these teams are like, if we beat this team, that like rockets you up in, in a bunch of different ways. Um, and so that that's also another thing to consider. But. Alrighty, final takes. Who wins this round? Amanda. Uh, I say Indiana wins against Northwestern. I'm expecting Mackenzie Holmes will be back at least for part of it. Um, and any energy that she brings, even if she plays for two minutes, is going to be great for her, for the team, for the fans, and that environment will be amazing. Um, I think Indiana's offense is going to be able to kind of go off of it um, like they have before, and I think that their their defense is just going to do a good job of holding people down, especially if Mackenzie Holmes is, is in there and can get those blocks and everything. Yeah, uh, going off what you said, if if Mackenzie Holmes, if that is her return game, the energy in Assembly Hall will very much be there. Um, yeah, Indiana's the better team. Indiana has not lost at home in the Big Ten this season. Uh, I gotta think Indiana, again, takes care of business and, uh, yeah, goes goes into uh, the weekend with some momentum. And they're gonna need that. Yes. Um, to put it yes, quite simply. they are. Alrighty, I'm very silly and totally forgot to give my uh, Nebraska prediction. I think Indiana wins tonight. Anyway, um, against yeah. Northwestern, I also expect Indiana to win because I think they're a good team and Northwestern is just okay. Anyway, uh, Fair take. it is time to talk about Caitlin. I mean, Iowa. Amanda, what do you think about, Ka I mean, the Hawkeyes? The fighting Caitlin Clarks. Um, <laughs> Can I can I say Caitlin Clark and be done? Um, that's it. That's my that's my analysis. All right, that's my prediction. That's it. my sentence. We're that we're done. Um, no, but in in all seriousness, um, Caitlin Clark. But she she 
I'm in awe of her, um, to be a very unbiased journalist. Um, totally. <laughs> but, like, as a basketball fan, it's insane. Um, she, she scores so many points every game. She's hit over 40, which is crazy. Um, and there are three players on Iowa that are in double figures. It's Clark, Monica, uh, Zanano, uh, both have at least 20 point, 20 points per game, um, on average. And then McKenna Warnock has 11.7, um, and they're averaging about 85 points per game, which is astronomical. Like that is, that is so many points in a basketball game. And I think like I've become a bit desensitized to it. Cause it's like, yeah, it's Iowa, they're scoring. That's a lot of points. And that's going to be hard for Indiana to keep up with, um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, Caitlin Clark, that, that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Caitlin Clark is the best player in the conference. She's might be the best player in the country. Uh, you could make. She's I the mean, best women's basketball player in the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's her or Leah Boston. That's yeah. that's the two. Um, it, Caitlin Clark leads the country in points per game at 27.4. Next place is two points below that. In Big Ten games this season, she's averaging 30 points per game. I mean, it's it's. We, it's... I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, we don't... Players like Caitlin Clark really don't happen super often. Players don't score this many points super often. Um, she can score 40 points a game. Or she can score 40 points in literally any game she plays. Um, yeah, slowing her down is the name of the game. Make the rest of Iowa beat you. It's It's that simple. Because if... If Indiana gets in a just a race to a hundred against oh Iowa oh against Kaylin Clark, they, they, it's it's not possible. Kaylin Clark can hit eight threes in a game. <laughs> mm -hmm. she, from, from half court. From half court, you. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's slowing down Kaylin Clark. That's that's yeah. uh, the name of the game. Three, I, I three forty point games this season. To already. to be a. Um, totally naive optimist in terms of Indiana, and I want to preface this in that I don't, this is not my own standing, but this is what people might think, and to kind of be devil's advocate that if you stop Caitlin Clark, you have a very solid chance, because Caitlin Clark scores so many points for the team and provides so much energy and momentum that if Indiana's defense is able to hold her down like they did for Purdue's top scorer, for Michigan State's top scorer, that that like you said, will change the entire flow of the game. Do I think that they can do it? Maybe for a little bit. I think they could they could start out doing it and then Caitlin Clark will figure something out. Or they will get tired. Like it's just like it's it's that kind of game, she's that kind of player that they're gonna need a lot of backup plans because the way that she plays, she can adjust so quickly and just do whatever she needs to do. She can make a, a three pointer from the logo with 25 seconds left on the shot clock. Like, it's, it's it's stuff like that that you're just, it's going to be so unexpected, and somehow you have to prepare for that, which is which is going to be crazy. And then they turn around and play each other again on Monday, which is crazy in its own right because you have, like, 48 hours in between. Two games in three and days two, against one of And not even 48 hours. And you're both traveling at the same time. So I think, I think Monday night's game is going to be interesting because they – don't have anything else to think about. So everybody can focus on the last game, what went wrong for whoever wins or loses, and try to change stuff for Monday. But they're also both going to be tired, and they both will have traveled. 
and you know all of these different factors if people get hurt they don't have time to rehab you just got to go with it um it's going to be a weird weekend of basketball i think is is <laughs> the most that i can say yeah i mean the uh the chess match between those two games between saturday and monday for terry morin and uh lisa Bluter, uh the iowa women's head coach um it, it'll be interesting to see how they do uh it, because yeah what adjustments can you make and also you know not to go back to caitlin clark but to go back to caitlin clark she's gonna score you're not gonna stop her <laughs> yeah. from scoring it's 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 that simple you know iu has truly shut down some players before she's still gonna score even nia cloud and you know we felt like uh you know watching that game that they really shut Nia Cloudin down uh, and against Michigan State. And they and, did. And yet. And yet she still scored 10 points. Yeah. Um, I think that game will probably show a lot about how they will play against Iowa and Caitlin Clark because they had Nicole Cardano Hillary pretty much pick uh, Nia Cloudin up 94 feet from the basket. And then, like, the moment she took a step, there was someone coming to help. Uh, yeah, I think you got to really focus your defensive game plan around Caitlin Clark. But also, I mean, uh, they can pass it down low and score down low. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it'll be I, interesting. Because I don't think you can afford to focus all of your energy on Caitlin Clark because of how efficient Iowa has been. To a certain extent, obviously, not everyone is scoring 30-plus points per game. But there's the potential that, you know, Caitlin Clark puts up 25, which I is weird that that's a low number for her. Um and other people still carry the team, you know. So it's it's going to be really it's going to be interesting to see see the strategies. Yeah, that's that's the issue. I mean, even if you do somehow slow her down, that means you're having to put so much effort to her that right. everyone else is getting opened up. Yeah. You know? All right, we don't want to, but we have to predict who is going to win and why. Amanda, who do you think will win? Why do you think they will win? Oh, boy. Both okay. of these, you know, you oh can just boy. say for any hypothetical matchup, you can say, like, home, away. Because uh, they're do, both happening. I'll do, I'll do both of them. Why not? We'll go for it. Um, uh, let's see. So Saturday is in Bloomington um, at 4 p.m. I think that Iowa is going to win that one. Um, I, I don't... <laughs> They're Iowa. I don't like. I don't have a solid explanation. I think it's gonna be a solid game, especially if Indiana beats Northwestern handily, has Mackenzie Holmes back, and she's performing well. They're gonna have a lot of momentum. They're gonna want to beat Iowa because everybody wants to beat Iowa. Which is it's interesting because I was low in the AP poll relatively, but they're such a big name in college basketball. Anyway, um, and so I think. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be scrappy. Um, and I think Iowa is going to pull it out. Um, I think on Monday, I think Iowa's going to win that one too. Um, because they're going to be back at home. They're going to be comfortable. We talked about the traveling. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm going off the top of my head here. Um, and I think that Caitlin Clark will be able to adjust to how she was defended in the last game. Like, I think there's, there's going to be a whole ton of adjustments. I think it might come down to who can adjust better. And I think Iowa has a slight advantage in that they're going to be at home. 
And that could be, I don't know if that's going to be as big of a thing on Saturday as it will be on Monday because there's going to be a lot more riding on Monday's game in a way because you're entering the last week of regular season play. It's Iowa and Indiana, and both of those teams are so good and can use both of these games as stepping stones to prepare for the tournament, for both tournaments. Um, but I I think Iowa might um, be able to, to pull it out on, on both nights. I'm I'm going to be a little more optimistic than that. Go for it. Um, I would, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the teams will end up splitting these two games. I think both teams will end up winning at home. It is so hard to beat a team, for either Indiana or Iowa, it is so hard to beat a team twice in three days. That um, that's, I mean, that's real tough. It's going to be very interesting to see how these teams uh, adjust between these games, regardless of who wins. But yeah, I think Indiana at home, they've done really well at home this season. Um, I think they'll manage to hold it down. You know, Mackenzie Holmes seems like she'll be back by then. We're kind of expecting. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll probably manage to pull off the win at home for Indiana. But then I think once the game goes to Iowa, Iowa averages the most uh, highest attendance in the Big Ten. Um, over 7,000 fans at a game uh, at Farmer-Hawkeye Arena. Um, yeah, I think probably these teams split it. They're, these are two really talented teams. Um, I don't think either of them could pull off the uh, the full sweep here, so I'm just going to take the easy way out and say both went at home. <laughs> Solid. Good, good for you. Yeah, and there's, I don't think there's going to be an upset in terms of Spit like one game run, like they're gonna be close. It's gonna be it's gonna be tight. Um, at least is the hope I think for every basketball fan because that's what you want to see. Um, I for one am very excited to to watch these two teams play each other. It's I think it's been on a lot of people's minds the whole season, given how both are performing. Um, so it'll be an interesting weekend. Yeah, have to imagine both will be uh, good environments. I right. mean, obviously uh, Iowa always has a good environment, and then Caitlin Clark coming to town. I mean best player in the country, arguably. Yeah. You have to expect there will be a fair few fans showing up at IU, uh, both if they're in support of Indiana or just to see one of the best players in the country play basketball. Why not both? Matt, I agree. Um, yeah, because... Uh, Stamp of approval. An <laughs> unfortunate factor, um, because uh, the game that was originally going to be played next Saturday, the men's basketball game, has been rescheduled. So now there's no, because the Big Ten is not a savant of scheduling. Well, um, they've been rescheduled now at the same time on Monday as the Indiana-Iowa basketball game. So the home game, Indiana's fans will be yes. able to tune, will be able to go to the hall yep. and won't have something to distract them from an amazing basketball game between, like, two better teams. Um, so I think Indiana should win that first game because they'll have the strength of the home crowd and, like, who doesn't want to see that game? That game's going right. to be fun, and I yeah. think Come on. Yeah. Um, Iowa has been beaten. I mean, there's a reason why they're ranked where they are, and yeah. I feel like Indiana is a 1,000% team capable of beating them, especially if you get Mackenzie Holmes back. But when they go on the road, I'm not certain that's as much of a possibility because you're going to go into that arena all the way over there. Three days later, I just... Don't see it really happening, so I don't think they'll win away. And might I add, 
the home game was my game to watch in my season preview column. So, oh, it was. Ha. Um, ha. Both, both of the games were my uh, game to watch in the mid-season roundtable. While we're just patting our own backs, I I'm going to pat my own back, too. I do not remember either of <laughs> Any of what I thought, but I don't think I think I don't know. My, I might have said Iowa. Maryland is also I might have said Maryland. one of the best teams in the country. Right. I use guy to play. They play them on. Uh, that's the season a closer. Mostly yep. yeah. my season that's preview. To the future. Next podcast. Women's basketball part. My, my season preview women's basketball column is looking pretty good. Solid. Do not Google the football one. Um, <laughs> Okay. Nobody should ever Google Indiana football. Never. Um, just just look at basketball. Legal. Stay, um, stick with basketball. All right. That was this week's Payoff Podcast. We shall return next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have an excellent day.